Get ready for Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. It's emergency preparedness for everyone. Brought to you by True Prep. For all your prepping needs, visit True Prep online at truprep.com or visit a True Prep store in Roswell or Marietta. Listen in as Doug and Aaron provide helpful tips on how to get ready. Ready or not, here comes Ready Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ready Radio. This week, we've had a really exciting week down here in Atlanta, Georgia. I know that we have listeners not only here on, on AM 1160, broadcast locally this morning, but everybody on iTunes and, and who listens to our, our um broadcasts that are posted up on the web can can hear this so i mean we've got people who are listening in in utah and montana and florida and all over the country and probably all over the world so uh, some people may not have heard about our little snafu on monday which happened right outside our radio station here at 1160 i'm so glad we weren't in the station on monday yeah it's much better to be here on saturdays a lot less excitement traffic um, but there was apparently a bomb threat downtown Atlanta, right outside. I mean, the 14th Street. You say street. bomb threat? I say unnecessary fear. But they're right on the 14th Street Bridge, which is right in front of our studio. In fact, I was talking to the station manager here before we came in and sat down, and they said that they had gone out to the parking deck to watch all the fiasco unfold. Uh, what had happened was there was a report. Somebody saw a suspicious package, and this is what the report was, suspicious package on the bridge, and the Atlanta Bomb Squad was called out. They shut down Interstate 75 and Interstate 85, what we call the connector here in downtown, which backed up traffic for hundreds of miles in every direction and put nearly a million people out of their main way to get to and from work that day. And um, the package was a, a tube that was taped up to the 14th Street Bridge. And we will put up some pictures of this on our website, hopefully. If you want to see pictures and we have forgotten to put them up, just check the WSB website. You can see what looks like an oatmeal canister, but smaller. So it's got the Quaker... No, it's way smaller, and it's not... It's just the shape of an oatmeal canister. Okay. With tape duct all tape. over. It was duct tape, yeah. And because apparently what, on the tube was something inscribed, and it said, slow motion camera, please leave till spring. Which means that someone was recording traffic, and the people in Atlanta are such fear-mongering morons that they had to blow it up. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty much the way it shook out after several hours of investigating. And, I mean, we, we had a crack team here investigating this tube. The bomb squad came they, out. They came out and they detonated it. And That means that our bomb squad is just going to blow up whatever because they think everything is a bomb. Well, I mean, there's there is something to be said for a suspicious tube being taped to the underside of a bridge. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just sitting underneath a bench or something. It was taped to the underside of the bridge. It was not Somebody taped to the underside of the bridge. It was taped to a pole on the outside of the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it was not that suspicious. I mean, it had inscribed on it what it was. So I'm wondering who put this there and whether they're going to come forward. Radio station is a block from TBS. And two blocks from Georgia Tech, am I correct? We're about two blocks from Georgia Tech. Roughly, yeah. So we're blocked from that bridge, mm-hmm. uh, which would leave that bridge a block from Georgia Tech. I would assume that it was probably somebody's project. And if that was my project, I would be really ticked. Yeah, well, you know, the, the question is, is how do we respond to things like this? I mean, what's the, the appropriate action? And I've heard... Responding the- with fear is never the appropriate action when we have people twittering uh, bomb threats that are very obviously 
invalid, invalid bomb threats, and they're stopping flights because of it. We as a people have become so afraid of the terrorists that we cannot live our day-to-day lives. Well, that was that was last weekend um, when we had, I think it was just one, it might have been two flights out of Hartsfield-Jackson that were forced to the ground by fighter escorts to land because there had been quote-unquote credible bomb threats or credible terroristic threats made to the airplanes. So... That's ridiculous. Um, it wasn't terroristic. It was somebody who couldn't possibly be here made some stupid offhand comment on Twitter. Well, places you know everything on Twitter's true, especially on the Ready Radio Twitter feed. So they used bomber jets to escort the plane back to the ground. Mm-hmm. Fighter jets. Oh yeah. Well, you know we're It'll make this you want to keep flying. Th- this is kind of the the side effects of the climate that we live in and we you live know, in a post 9-11 world mm-hmm. where ever since 9-11 people are afraid of every noise they can't it's, explain it's not, it's not just a 9-11 world back in the 80s when there was terror on the airlines i mean our theme song talks about terror on the airlines that was when things first started getting started you know there was a, a pan am jet that was uh, seized and taken to libya and then people were very afraid internationally more so than here but people were very afraid of what happens if there are bombs on planes what happens if there are terrorists who are seizing planes and taking people to be hostages they weren't i mean the the concept of using the planes as weapons themselves had not been you know promulgated but there there was a real fear of you being on an airline and then terrorists taking it over and flying you to Libya or to some other safe haven and you being held hostage there I mean there were lots of movies about this did you ever see the movie The Wild Geese no. It was a Richard Harris movie from the 70s, and it was about a team of Israeli commandos that went and rescued a British airplane that had been seized and taken to Libya, and it was a true story. And it was this was a dramatization of what had happened, but they had to send in a commando unit. The Israelis sent in a commando unit to save these people and, and extricate them from hostile territory. And this was a real fear in the 70s and 80s. This we is something here of Israeli airlines getting hijacked. Well, El Al does have its history. Um, there it was has a, its history, but it doesn't happen anymore because they took precautions and, and somehow they made the... They don't use body scanners. They don't They don't have any of the precautions that we have in place. But they Those don't... body scanners are not precautions. They're a violation of people's privacies. Period. What are they going to get? They, they get images of you basically unclothed mm-hmm. out of these body scanners. And I don't think that that's fair to us. That we have to live like that just because somebody did something wrong years ago. Well, they they don't take those kind of precautions. What they do is they put um, former Israeli intelligence officers and military officers on every flight in plain clothes. And then if you show your butt, you might get capped yeah. on an Israeli flight. But well, there was there was a um, this didn't happen in Israel. This happened in Germany. But there was an LL flight then in, in the early '80s that landed in Germany and three. Arab gentlemen attacked the plane with AK-47s, and the um, air marshal, what we would call an air marshal, for that flight uh, fought back. And they were on the ground, and they were trying to board the plane, and he came off of the plane, which is a, a tactically you know, disadvantageous 
position to take because you're coming off of an enclosed area, you're coming out of a single door, you're going to have to come down a gangway and, and down a ladder to get to the ground where they are. So, I mean, it's that's risky. And the, the guy charged them and killed all three of them with his service weapon. And do you know what he was carrying? Desert Eagle. A Beretta Model 71, 22 caliber pistol. That's about killed the, them with a 22. About the size of the palm of your hand. He was squirrel hunting. Highly, highly concealable, incredibly accurate headshots. And it's really a shame that Beretta discontinued the Model 71 because that was a really awesome little pistol. No kidding. Where was he hiding it, I wonder? Well, I mean, it's small enough that he could Little. easily slide it into a, a suit jacket pocket and no one would notice it. And that was that was the whole idea. And, you know, a twenty two being a small, controllable round, you don't really want things going through people on an airline. And no, you I don't, don't, you don't mi- want mis- penetration. That's mis- mis- Busters has debunked the idea that you shoot a window and the whole plane explodes out the side. But still, you don't want, you know, random bullets going through somebody and hitting someone behind it. You're in a very enclosed space. It was a, it was a good weapon for being inside an enclosed metal tube with a whole bunch of people around that you don't want to hit. It was a pretty crummy weapon for assaulting people who were hiding behind luggage with AK-47s. But here's a brave man who went off, you know, the reservation and went down there, took the fight to them and ended it. And it ended with nobody being injured on the plane. Because he took the fight off the plane. Can you imagine what the consequences of having the, the fight on the plane would be with people with automatic rifles? Oh, it would be a lot a of blood, blood and carnage, yeah. So he, he went off the plane to take the fight away from the civilians. Now that's why you don't see hijackings of Israeli airlines anymore. I mean, they, they take, and if you, if, you, if you attack their people, they respond not only in kind, but when escalating. You know, we have this doctrine of proportional response. If you kill 10 of our people, we'll kill, you know, 10 of yours. We're not going to go more. We're not. We're going to make sure that everything is equal. Mm. They could say, you know what? We go and we take out the threat no matter where it is. You start launching, you know, mortars from schoolhouses, we'll bomb the schoolhouse. We don't care. And it's, if you kill somebody, we will kill you back. No matter how many of you there are. If you kill one of ours, we're going to kill you back no matter how many there are. That's well, look how at they Munich. respond. Munich. Right? I mean, have you seen that movie? No. Okay. The, the, I know we're coming up on a commercial break. We'll talk about Israel and Munich when we come back from this commercial break, folks. I hope this isn't too startling of a conversation for a Saturday morning. But when you have bombs going off in Atlanta, even if they're set off by our own. There was a bomb. There was a bomb that went off in Atlanta. All it your bridges are belong to us. It just happened to come from the Atlanta bomb squad. Yeah. Folks, we'll be right back. This is Ready Radio on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. And now, back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. Welcome back, folks. We're kind of talking about terrorism and bombs today, since we had a bomb go off in Atlanta this Doug, last week. I think week. you're the bomb. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we had a bomb go off in Atlanta this last week. It turns out that the only bomb that went off was the one that the bomb squad set to blow up a small camera that was taking pictures of people. Apparently, what bothers me is they can put their cameras all over the city, but we can't put one out. Yeah. Boy, that's a great thought. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> I stole that one. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> anyway, you know, we had a bomb go off in Atlanta this last week, and we're talking about terrorism. And, you know, we, it came back to airlines. We were talking about the airlines that had been forced to land under fighter escort at Hartsfield Jackson just a week and a half or two weeks ago. And we're thinking about, you know, what, what does all this mean? And before we took our commercial break, we brought up, or at least I brought up, Munich. And I don't know, are, do you remember the, the Olympic Games in Munich, Aaron, where they, the, the uh, Jewish-Israeli team was taken captive? When did this happen? Like was, 1974? I think it was 78. I was born in 81, so no. Okay, well, I, I remember it well. And what happened was the, the Israeli team was targeted and a group of of munich massacre is that what you're talking about yes uh, a group of arabs again are 1972 72 um they there was a a group of men who attacked the olympic compound they took the jewish um athletes captive and in the end they killed them basically it was 31 Building 31 at the Munich Olympic Village. Mm -hmm. Members of the Israeli Olympic team were, and delegations were quartered. They basically held them hostage and killed them. Yep. So then what happened? Oh, well, I'm going to have to consult Wikipedia here. After after the attack, after the massacre, Israel created an elite squad that went around and hunted down not the people who did the attack were killed in the attack. The Germans. This is some neo Nazis. It says. It says German neo Nazis apparently gave the attackers logistical assistance. Yes, it was, they had involvement in it. Yes, but the the attackers were Palestinians. Black September members. And the, uh, the, after the attack was over, Israel created a, an elite hit squad, basically, of Mossad agents who went and tracked down everyone who aided the attackers. Now, the attackers themselves had been killed in, in the response. The, the, um, is, um, excuse me, the Germans had sent in their elite squad and, and with their SWAT teams and everybody, and they had reclaimed the, the building after the hostages were killed. But <laughs> it says, I love Wikipedia. You gotta love Wikipedia, right? It says, Mossad responded to the release with Operation Spring of Youth mm-hmm. and Operation Wrath of God system, systemic, systematically, I'm sorry, I couldn't read that word, tracking down and killing Palestinians suspected of involvement in the massacre. Basically, one anyone, anyone who had a finger in making this work, whether they were in Germany, whether they were in France, whether they were in Palestine or Egypt were hunted down and killed over the next five years everyone who had had any influence in this massacre was dead Mm. and it didn't matter where they were it didn't matter who they were they were they died in bombs they died in assassinations they died in freak accidents but they all died so here's a lesson don't tick off israel well, and here's a lesson for the rest of the world. If you want to deal with terrorists, do it like that. You can't you can't take a proportional response and you can't sit behind, you know, a large desk and say we can't paint everybody with one brush. You have yeah, you to get can. your hands wet. We have to take precautions. And I'm, I am the last one that's going to sit here and discriminate against somebody for their religious beliefs or their race. But if you read the Quran, even just a little bit of it, that is not a religion of love. They they claim that that's a religion of love and peace. If love and peace is killing people who don't agree with you, well, there there are a lot of 
you know, sentiments like that even in, in our Bible. I mean, you look at the way that the Israelites were commanded to go and clean the land of Canaan when they took possession. They weren't supposed to leave anything behind. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a facet of that era that you were a homogenous people and you were set aside and if you stood in the way you were standing in the way of God but we have a New Testament which takes us in a new direction and that really is a new direction of love you thy know, neighbor you know what really ticked me off I've, I saw the news recently was that guy what was his name Bergdahl yes the the American defector he's a defector he um, should have been left to, to rot wherever he was Wherever he had um, deserted to, they should have just left well, him in there. His, in his prisoner of war camp, apparently, I have heard reports that he was given a, a assault rifle and was allowed to keep watch over the other prisoners. Okay. Well, we released 10 of our suspected terrorists. High-level Al-Qaeda leaders. To get back a deserter? And now so we're prosecuting gonna, him. I am going to... Trade 10 Oreo cookies for your turd. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, we're it's, it's kind of a crazy world that we're living in now. And the, the way that we're running this war, you know, we talk about the war on terror. When we first started off, it, we treated it like a traditional war. We invaded two countries to try to move the front line off of our land and onto a different battlefield. But and then we got a different... We got a different president. Now our president that, goes in there and bows do down to their president. Did that do any good? Did did fighting these wars in Afghanistan and Iraq really do any good? Well, I mean, we we killed Osama bin Laden, didn't we? Sure, but that wasn't even in Afghanistan or Iraq. Where was that? That, that was, was in, in Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah, that's where he was hiding. Mm-hmm. Where been? He had been hiding there all along, probably. Probably. So what good did the war in Afghanistan do? What did the good did the war in Iraq do? You know, we these well, are political we, wars over oil. Nobody we, gets that. Well, there's no oil in Afghanistan. We liberated Iraq only to see it fall into the hands of ISIS, and now we're back where we started from. And you know, there's I think I have a cure for it. Yeah, well, I think that we, we get to a point where you say, you know, no matter what we do in other countries, we cannot recreate their people. We cannot recreate their ethos. We cannot make them into Americans. So why are we over there fighting these wars? Why are we trying to, you know, mold other countries? They need to, they, there's a natural evolution that they, they have to go through as a polis to become a, a liberal cannot, democracy. We can't turn them into that, but we can bring our troops back. And use them to guard our home front so that the terror doesn't attack us here. Well, you know, the flip side of that argument is is that when you open another front, now they're fighting there than here. But is that is that a valid argument? Is that something that really does work? And and you know, I don't think so. I don't think that opening up another front and causing turmoil for a civilian population to draw terrorists to them is ethical. We talk about, you know, the ethics of war and what is a just war. You know, you go back to, to you know, the philosophers of the Middle Ages who talked about just war doctrine. And now we're, we're kind of trying to recreate that in this Pax Americana that we are, are foisting on the rest of the world. What is the connection between ISIS and um, what was there before the... the terrorist group that was there. Al-Qaeda? Al-Qaeda. Um, ISIS well, is left over Al-Qaeda, isn't it? Uh, according to President Obama, 
There's no ISIS, ISIS is the JV team that we don't really need to worry about. Do you remember that statement? Oh, he's a moron. Well, that was he said that in a press conference. They were saying, well, what about ISIS? And he said, well, that's the JV team, and you know they're, they're out there trying to cause trouble, but we need to focus on al-Qaeda. And now al-Qaeda and ISIS are kind of vying for the title of who is the, the biggest baddest on the yeah. block. And the problem is, is that, you know, we had, we've kind of focused in on ISIS while um, Al-Qaeda, and there's now it's different sects of Al-Qaeda. There's uh, AQAP, Al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. There's Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, Pakistan, and the Himalayas. There's different sects. There's Al-Qaeda in Australia. Australia, Al-Qaeda, they... Uh take over coffee shops and kill people well they'll they'll throw another bomb on the barbie for you that's for sure uh, uh, that's one of those groaners there doug thank you um but you know we're, we're looking at what, what is the geopolitical context of dealing with another country in this manner and and what i was tr- saying before is that a the the society the people of any country have to go through a certain evolution to reach the stage of a liberal democracy you know the well, Karl Marx talked about people having to go through the liberal democracy to become socialist to become communist and that's the highest evolution that's of what's happening to America well kind of yeah but the highest evolution of the polis was communism where everybody worked for a common good but I think that the highest evolution of the political state is a Western liberal democracy and to get to that point you have to go through feudalism you have to go through through a robber baron kind of state where people are are you know taken advantage of and then you get to start to get this ebb and pull the problem is is that western liberal democracies just like the roman empire become to a point where you can vote yourself largesse and whenever the people have the ability to vote their own way into the public coffers then you're headed for destruction because it becomes a, a a taker society not a maker society and then everything falls apart because when when more people are on you know social welfare than are producing then the whole system has to collapse you cannot run an upside down pyramid forever and here we are with a, a widening i mean the middle class is gone and the middle class, and people don't even know what the middle class is. 85% of people think that they're in the middle class. No, the 85% of the people that's in the middle class, like maybe 3% of them are. The rest of them are below poverty level and they don't even realize it. Well, nobody wants to admit that they're poor and nobody wants to admit that they're rich. They all kind of, and what we've created, what there should be is a bell curve. There should be some poor, there should be a lot of middle class, and there should be some rich, right? In a bell curve fashion. We have an inverted bell curve where there's a ton of poor and then there's a lot of rich and there's nobody in the middle anymore. What is middle class? What creates a middle class who are the middle class i'm going to tell you middle class are bankers they're doctors they're lawyers they're all sorts of people who make it in the middle i know we're coming up on a commercial break folks we're going to be back in just a minute we're going to talk about the middle class and how this affects international terrorism when we get back you're listening to ready radio on news talk 1160 the talk of the town And now, back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. So, we're back, and we were talking about what is the middle class. And this is an important thing, because people don't understand what the middle class is. When 85% of Americans say they are middle class, they're not. They can't be. It just doesn't work that way. 
So we're, we're looking at the largest, I mean, look at Alabama. We're two out of every three people, two-thirds of everybody in Alabama receives government assistance. Georgia, we're pushing 48% of people are on some form of government assistance. You look around the country, and more and more people are relying more and more on the government. And then, what areas of the economy are booming right now? What areas are doing the very best in the economy? You know who's really making out hands over fists? The the dollar stores, dollar stores and the high-end stores. Luxury items, Rolexes. Walmart's struggling. Yeah, people, the middle-class stores, Target and Walmart and Kohl's and things like that are horribly struggling. But, you know, your Rolex dealers, your Ferrari dealers, your, your the Prada, that stuff's selling well because there's a, a booming rich class and there's a booming lower class in the dollar generals, but there's nobody in the middle. And the middle class historically are doctors and lawyers and bankers and people who do well, but who are not filthy rich. They're professionals, they're, but they're not filthy rich. And and you look at the way from my industry. Okay, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since I was 21 years old when I graduated from law school. That Maybe gives there you, was a reason I didn't like you much. There's there's a the, how's that for dating? Okay, I've been yeah. a lawyer since I was before I was old enough to drink. I could practice law. And I, what I've seen in my profession is the government destroying my industry, completely destroying it. My trade, my practice, what I like to do, what gives me the most joy in life is defending people. People who are rightfully or wrongfully accused. Because if you defend somebody who's wrongfully accused, you stand up for someone's rights. If you defend someone who's rightfully accused, you stand up for everybody else's rights. To make sure that the government does its job, that it doesn't make false allegations, that it's held to a standard of burden of proof. And that is important. I see both of those things as being a high calling and priority in life. So here I am trying to, to defend people and to hold up societal standards. And in the middle of this, every single client I get qualifies for a free public defender a free public defender so if they give you if you've free public defender though yeah they don't trust that public defender and that's that's how i still am making a living but the problem is is that when i say well you know this is going to take a hundred hours worth of work i charge 150 or 200 dollars an hour so we're looking at 20 30 thousand dollars to do this case the person says well shoot i can get a free public defender i just don't have that kind of money what if what if every time you wanted to go somewhere, you had a free taxi cab? Would you go buy a car? No. That's, well, that's how a lot of people in New York City don't. Well, it's not free, but it's cheap. The public well, transit system. That's the problem. When the government gets involved and they create a free alternative, you cannot have private industry. You cannot compete with a free alternative. And that's what the government has done to criminal defense. They have completely socialized criminal defense so that you cannot really make it unless you're overcharging people or you're working your butt off to a degree that you can't give the quality that you would like to. Now, I try to steer a middle course and do both at the same time, but it becomes kind of a mission or a calling to do that because you have to take less money than you're really worth. And that's what's going to happen to more and more industries as government takes over. Is you're going to see the government providing a free or low-cost alternative that destroys the private industry. The government is taking over because people are allowing the government to take over. The people aren't allowing it. They're begging for it. They're begging for it. They would love it's to like have the healthcare.gov. I want okay. free healthcare. I want a free lawyer. I want a free house. Where is my Obama phone? Obama phone? Yeah, don't they get a free phone, cell phone if you're Do you know under just certain... came into my head when you said that? Banana phone? Banana phone. Yeah. I don't know why. Ring 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 banana phone. 
Ring, ring, do, ring, do, ring. Do, do, Banana Obama phone. Anyway, so you know we're we're dealing with the destruction of the middle class. So you end up with haves and have nots, and when you have a society of have nots who are looking at haves and they're a majority, what hap- what happens next? Those have nots should want to have. And they're going to take. They do, and that's where we get looting. <laughs> that's where, yeah. That's it. when when free healthcare, free education, free lawyers, free housing is not enough. You end up with looting. And you know that's funny. I saw something on Facebook this morning posted by one of my friends, and it said exactly that. Yeah. Um. It had a picture of some gentleman carrying boxes out of a broken storefront, and it said, "When free education, free healthcare, free." Um, housing and free food aren't enough for you you take more and so here we are looking at a roadmap to revolution and this is what's happened in afghanistan this is what's happened in iraq and iran and all these other countries where we've seen radical militant islam take over is because the have-nots have rose up and overthrown and taken their country back and i'm using air quotes around back and when they do that they set up a system where they are in power and control now do they have the means and ability of production are they capitalists no so they create a system where they have to suppress population they have to increase tithing because it's a, it's a militant um, theocracy not a direct theocracy like you know it would be nice to have but a, a militant theocracy and here you have people being forced into subjugation and willingly giving their lives to a system that's created around death and torment and that's where we get terrorists so I mean it is it is a fundamental societal change and now Europe went through the same thing Europe did this in the dark ages right I mean we're talking about feudal kings and and people who went on crusades and they their lives were the, tied to the church and they gave their tithes to their Lord and to the church, and they were intertwined. Divine right of kings came down, and that your king and your you were you know, supposed to submit to your king, and all of this was feudal Europe, and we're seeing feudal Middle East right now. Now we come in from from the year 2000 to England in in 1390 and say, hey. You guys need to stop this. You need to have liberal democracy. You need to have, allow women to vote and have voting rights for everybody and, and elect your people who are going to write the laws and make laws that are written down and not subject to women caprice. When we come back from our commercial break... Nope. Oh, well... It's not commercial break time. we got a few more minutes. So, okay. Well, then we look at coming back into the the middle ages and saying that you need to act like a liberal democracy but the people are not educated they're they don't understand the basic principles that that we do and we try to force this on them and you know what's going to happen is all going to fly apart because without you know the the simple basic structure of the church of you know a feudal system to hold con- them in control and p- control production and to get things moving it just you know it won't work and you have to educate the populace to get them to a point where they are able to understand. And I, I just keep thinking, as I say this, I keep thinking, boy, you sound an awful lot like Marx. I, I, I do sound like Marx in, like, reverse here, because I don't think that the goal here is to let people, you know, evolve into this kind of communist perfect society where everybody just does what they're supposed to and life works, because people are nasty, brutish, and short. Life is nasty, brutish, and short, and people are, are their hearts are deceitful and wicked above all things, and you're not going to get to that kind of perfect society with imperfect people. But you can, our society is 
is well balanced and that we take people's desires and pit them against each other and create tension and, and, and that tension draws into not allowing anybody to have too much avarice in our society and that's why what we see President Obama doing with his executive orders and taking more and more power and creating the executive ship kingship is so dangerous Congress needs to get up off of its butt and say get rid of him well and I don't know about get rid of him because he's a duly elected official, but they can certainly use their congressional powers as a separate, and co- him. a separate and co-equal branch of government to turn around and say, no, you can't do this. We're not funding this. You're not getting away with this. And all of your pipe dreams of, of free this and free that built on the on stealing money. And that is the, the president's budget that came out this week is nothing but a theft program because it is designed to reach into the bank account of anybody who is not in the president's payroll and steal money. It's going to steal your money for college funds. It's going to steal your retirement money. It steals money from uh, corporations that have worked and earned this money legally and lawfully. And it's going to impose a one-time tax. You know what a one-time tax is? That's what some of my clients do when they go into the grocery or the, the, the quickie mart with a gun and say, well, I'm going to apply a one-time tax to your cash register. Give me what's in it. That's a one-time tax. That's exactly what a one-time tax is. And this president has no compunction about imposing a one-time tax in order to be able to fund his social programs. I might, I might be persuaded that we need to do a one-time tax to balance off our debt. You might be able to talk me into saying, look, we are $17 trillion in debt, and if we do this one time, we can get out of debt and we'll pass a balanced budget amendment so we never get in debt again. And it's going to really hurt. It's going to hurt corporations. It's going to hurt families. And I know it's going to hurt, but when we come through the other side, we're going to be debt-free and it'll be okay. That I might, just might. It's going to be a hard sell, but I might be able to get there. But to take money, to rob people of their income, to turn around and spend it wantonly, with no hope of even cutting down the debt, that is nothing but the most base form of robbery and the evil, most evil in our society. I don't care about terrorism half as much as I do a robber baron who will come in and steal money out of your savings account. Folks, we're at our commercial break now, so um, we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Ready Radio right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. Welcome back, folks. You know, this last week has been exciting here in Atlanta. We've got planes being forced to the ground. We've got the government setting off bombs in our streets. And we're looking around at, at what causes this. And we kind of went down the, the trail of where, where is the middle class. And the middle with the absence of a middle class is what breeds terrorism. And here we are. I, I was listening to NPR a couple weeks ago. and You they, listen to NPR? They had Lewis Black on, on one of their quiz shows. And and he, you know what he said was the, the greatest evil in our our country now. I think Lewis Black is not exactly what we would call a conservative by any stretch or, or means. Um, anyone on NPR, for that matter, except for maybe Tom Bodette, would be hard pressed to be called a conservative. But do you know what Lewis Black said was the greatest evil in our society? Barack Obama. The loss of the middle class. Oh, pity! I thought he, I thought he was right. The the loss of the middle class because all the other things that are going on that could be wrong and things that are, are dangerous. That you know we can there there are easy fixes. 
There are easy fixes for most problems in society. They may be painful, but they're easy. You can conceptualize what to do. How do you conceptualize bringing back the middle class? Well, the president did it by saying, well, I'm going to have a middle class budget. And his budget cuts the taxes and gives money to the bottom 20% and increases taxes and takes money from the top 10%. And the middle 60% has absolutely no impact or effect at all. There was a study by a policy group this week that said that the, his budget had no impact on the middle 60% of taxpayers in this country, the middle class. It had nothing to do with them. And that is the problem. We're, we're starting to just, we, we've gone into doublespeak right out of 1984. I mean, it, it, it's, it's horrifying to think about how far we've come. Or we can call the poor the middle class, where we say war is peace, where we say ignorance is knowledge, where we say that that strength is weakness. I mean, we we my goodness, why don't we have pictures of Big Brother hanging up on the on the the, the bridges by now? We do. There's pictures of Barack Obama everywhere you look. <laughs> I'm looking around and I don't well, we're see in the, any. We're in the radio station, but I see pictures of him everywhere all the time. You go in Walmart, there's T-shirts with him on him. Hooray! Hooray. And there's T-shirts for the New England Patriots this week. <laughs> By the way, go go Patriots! That's that's my patriotic duty of the week to cheer on the Patriots last Sunday when they stole and cheated and won. Anyway, um, dude, I want to pull a Seahawks one week when when we do the show. What's how do you pull a Seahawk? I'm going to say uh, I'm I'm just here to keep from being getting fond <laughs> <laughs> okay folks next week's show on ready radio doug is just here to keep from getting fined we will let the show just roll you cannot steal my idea <laughs> you stole mine but i'm not here to get fond yeah um true prep product of the week they have something fantastic that our our listening audience is desperate for and don't even know it they have all kinds of things at true prep that our listening audience is is needing and don't know yet uh pressure canners at true prep you know spring's coming and talking about bombs <laughs> that is not even funny <laughs> that is not even funny you know the, the those those two guys at the boston marathon they if they had Merlin and if they had used an all-american pressure canner it would never have gone off because it has so many safety features built in it this would have just what, popped the top and a little bit of steam came out the yeah, top. yeah there there you have it if, if they had just had a better quality all-american pressure canner as you can get at true prep for around two hundred dollars had some flat nails they would have had they would have it would have gone off without a bang yeah they would have had well done screws and yeah so anyway spring is coming and true prep has a, a very big supply of canning equipment and and canning supplies along with heirloom seeds yes it's very seedy there and i have started seeding my plants to to put in the garden Mm -hmm. i did that last weekend yes and i am excited about getting some heirloom seeds everybody loves fresh fruit from the garden oh yeah who doesn't fat kids skinny kids kids with chicken pox what's better than a good ripe cold cantaloupe in the middle of the summer even even if you've got the measles, because you know oh the measles my gosh, don't get me pandemic is starting from, you know they we they were got concerned it. about Ebola. Measles never crossed our minds. Well, they they went and got it from measles mouse. Measles mouse. Measles mouse. M e a s e l m o u s e. Measles mouse. 
Oh my gosh. Diarrhea duck. <laughs> Garsh. <laughs> I I don't know, Measle. Did you see that picture of the dog on Facebook that ate the honey bee and his mouth swelled up and he looked like goofy? Yeah. It was priceless. Well there there we go. So we've got measles diarrhea and anaphylactic shock and as expressed <laughs> by Disney characters. Um <laughs> and and I'm I really feel bad for the people who are getting measles out there in California and nine other states, including Mexico. The, the way it's that up they've to been, 15 now. 15 states, including Mexico. I love how they include Mexico as a U.S. state. Don't they understand that including Mexico, they don't need to include Mexico. We all know that that's where it came from to begin with. Well, it's like measles, tuberculosis, yep, that's coming from Mexico. There have been huge, huge measles outbreaks in the Philippines, in Mexico, in India, in uh, Saharan Africa over the, just the last 10 months. So, I mean, measles is a, is a big problem but it was completely eradicated in the u.s by the year 2000 you know i was reading a study uh <coughs> tuesday and it was about um autism and the amish do you know that there are no autistic amish children do they like put them out on the hillside like the spartans did when they're born no they just do not vaccinate their children really and the link you know that everybody says well you know the vaccinations the vaccinations well i think that that kind of proves the vaccination and autism link when you take away the vaccinations, you take away the autism. There's, there are no autistic Amish people. Wow, it's a big well, thing. Just, just to, to for a, for a point, the the one study that uh, linked autism and vaccinations was officially debunked a couple of years ago, and blah blah blah. So there we go. Vaccinate. That's your only because our government wants to shoot us full of their poisons to see what'll happen to us. Vaccinate your kids. I'm waving the banner over here. Everyone heard it here. Go ahead and get vaccinated. Don't go. Go. Don't. Don't go. Take their will. So, um, yeah. So seeds and measles and and terroristic bombs and the loss of the middle class and. It's looking. Twenty fifteen is looking like a bumper year. Woohoo! You know what I hope? What do you hope, Aaron? What is your hope for twenty fifteen? And this, the first weekend in February, as we're we've had our groundhog stew and looking forward to uh, a relaxing time coming up on love and cherish charity. We are and exactly a week from Valentine's Day, by the way. I just want to rem- remind all you husbands and boyfriends and and whatever else out there. Don't forget your woman. You do not want to live in the doghouse for a month. And all women out there, remember to do something special for your man. That means match his socks. <laughs> it's, it's that time of the year where you should get down on your hands and knees and just, you know, help him feel special. Wow, Doug. That's horrid. Well, I mean, men do stuff for their women, and women should do stuff for their men, and that's what the give and take of... Get down on your hands and knees and make your man feel special. Clean his car out. (laughs) There you go. Something like that, anyway. Um, You know, next week, we're going to do a special Valentine's Day episode and talk about love and charity. Charity would be a good topic for next week, don't you think, Aaron? Are we going to hand out soup to the poor people that stand out on the 14th Street Bridge? Well, I, I thought that the city of Atlanta scared them all off. Probably did with that bomb <laughs> yesterday. That that maybe that was the real reason behind it. There was a homeless colony under the 14th Street Bridge, and they had to scare them off somehow. All joking aside, <laughs> you we love to hear from our listeners. So if you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach me at Aaron. That's E R I N at ReadyRadio.net or Doug at ReadyRadio.net. You can also follow us on Facebook at Ready Radio Network on Facebook. 
and Twitter. If you get into any kind of legal problems, you can contact Doug at Doug at KingsLawOffice.com. Or, or my associates at Dewey Cheatham and Howe. Dewey Cheatham and Howe. Our, our program producer for this week was... I, I have no idea, <laughs> but I know that the guy that looks out the windows downstairs is his name Seymour Butts. And <laughs> our, our limousine driver is... Um, Get them and drop them. Holy cow. <laughs> and there's an Indian guy downstairs named Holy Cow. <laughs> no. Our Maha Rishi and spiritual advisor is Holy Cow. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. <laughs> I a think little, that that's all a, the time we have A little this homage week, to, to Click and Clack and, and how we miss... The Dear Departed Brother from Car Talk. Uh, folks, it's been a great show. Next week, we are uh, anticipating having a special guest from Georgia Carey to talk about the new legislative session. We'll probably squeeze some charity and love in anyway because it's Valentine's what Day. the world needs now is more carried guns. Is love, sweet love. <laughs> folks, enjoy your Saturday. Do something for yourself and for your family and get connected. Uh, this is Ready Radio on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. You've been listening to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. It's emergency preparedness for everyone. Brought to you by True Prep. For all your prepping needs, visit True Prep online at truprep.com or visit a True Prep store in Roswell or Marietta. Tune in each week as Doug and Aaron get you ready for anything that comes your way. Ready Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.